So, you know, this is the Roger Moore odd job, and mm-hmm. you have been known to be a Roger Moore hater. So, I, you know, I have to ask, is this going to be a negative podcast the entire time? No. The entire time? <laughs> Admire your luck, Mr. Oh, you must excuse our job, Mr. Bond. He's an admirable manservant, but mute. He's not a very good caddy. So welcome to our fourth odd job. That's of course excluding all the special edition 0030 um, summaries that we yeah. put together. Yeah. Summaries is a good word yeah. for that. Okay, so. yeah, 0030. And uh, there's a Christmas surprise in this one. You got to wait and listen to it. It'll be obvious when we're, it appears. We're gonna let that. We're gonna let that out of the bag, right? There's just a Christmas surprise. It's a Christmas. It's a Christmas it's a, miracle. Chris, it's a Christmas themed uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and so of course Since our odds being released you know, on Christmas, C- Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. a little stuffing stalker, a little early before stuffing a stalker, <laughs> stocking, stocking <laughs> stuffer. You know what I meant? Yeah, Spectre projector. Yep, exactly. Uh, so again, an odd job is a short podcast with a singular focus. The singular focus for odd job number four is a review of Roger Moore's. Of course, uh, last week we reviewed our final. Roger Moore film of View to Kill, and boy, that was a great film. Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, and so, uh, you know, we're gonna finish out, talk about uh, Roger Moore. Hopefully, uh, you're in a Christmas uh, spirit. How'd you like? Uh, how'd you like the, the Christmas jingle that, that we just played? It was pretty good. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. White Christmas. Uh-huh. I have a lot of childhood memories mm-hmm. of that one. What's your What's your favorite Christmas jingle? Uh, Probably this nerdy but Trans Siberian Orchestra, uh, Carol of the Bells. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. It might find its way maybe at the end. Ah, cool. We can work that in there. Mm-hmm. We'll speak to the editor. So, Merry Christmas, Scott. Merry Christmas, yeah, It's a little early, but uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. And uh, a Merry Christmas to all our fans. And to there. all good night. That's the podcast. There you go. All Thank right. you very much. Uh, get with your family. What are you doing listening to James Bond? Jeez. And uh, so, are you a Christmassy person? Is this your favorite holiday? Uh, it definitely was growing up. I mean, I enjoy it now. I'm looking forward to it. With I'm looking kids. forward to a couple of years from now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, when the... uh, but I do enjoy it, and we, we def- decorate the house and everything. So what right. about you and your family? Is it an important holiday for you? Christmas, it's not really the biggest of holidays mm-hmm. and our, in our household. Um, I'm definitely... Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Uh, I do have a nice uh, tradition. My dad and I play a go- game of dominoes on Christmas Eve. We are a, a Hispanic folk, mm-hmm. and so um, Noche Buena, the Christmas Eve, is kind of a big deal for us. The the big meal and you know yeah. going to midnight mass and all those uh, 
Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas Eve was large for my family yeah. as well when I was younger. Are you Christmas a Christmas Eve, Eve presence or wait till Christmas Day? We kind of do a little. We've dabbled with different things over the year. Uh-huh. We've kind of fallen on. We open up a couple on Christmas Eve and then right. the remainder. We were always uh, Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, as, and then as we've gotten older, it's just like, uh, hey, I'm just going to give you this gift. It's like December 20th. Hey, it's January 6th. Yeah. Uh, here it is. I had this for you. Yeah. Kind of like just, your uh, birthday present. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So let's. Get into this. Want to bond over some Roger Moore? Absolutely. All right. Roger Moore released currently the record number amount of films, uh, seven, mm-hmm. starting with Live and Let Die, released in 1973. The Man with the Golden Gun, released in 1974. The Spy Who Loved Me, released in 1977. Moonraker, released in 1979. For Your Eyes Only. Released in... 1981. Octopussy. 1983. And last but least, <laughs> A View to Kill. 1985. Excellent. 73 to 85, 12 years. Should have been seven. Very simply. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite Roger Moore film? I don't know if this is much of a debate. It's I- Why Who Love Me. Right? By far. I have this, we're not going to even... There's, yeah. Is there no debate? Do we have the same two? I love so many things about that movie. Okay. Spy Who Loves Me mm-hmm. and your least favorite Roger Moore film. This is where it gets a lot more difficult for me. But I say A View to a Kill and I'm pretty sure that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly because Roger Moore himself said that's probably his worst movie. It's just a horrible it's, film. It's not... You know, it was still entertaining. It's not... It wasn't unwatchable. I'm not going to go out of my way. To it's watch entertaining it. in a way that someone's like, "Hey, do you want to see a film where there's a Nazi German <laughs> super psychopath?" And you're like, "Do you want to watch a movie that Christopher Walken was in?" Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. It happens to be a bad James Bond film. Like, oh fuck. <laughs> but I think there's so many of his movies, other than The Spy Who Loved Me. Every one of them, I can pick out things I didn't like about it. And I think that's part of the Roger Moore issue. Yeah. That you know, I was very rough on him. Uh, for that, the idea of a complete uh, Bond film. He didn't really have one of those in his repertoire spy besides me. The Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. which I think not only is a great Roger Moore film, is it a great James Bond film? It's a great film. It is one of the great all-time classic James Bond. It's mm-hmm. it's very much up there. I think we would get more of a debate if maybe we were like, what are the middle films? Yeah. Because I know I would rank Moonraker very higher very much higher than you would. And that's my... And then I think you would be much more of a champion of For Your Eyes Only. Correct. Even though one would listen to our podcast and be like, oh, he didn't really defend that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That much. Um, same thing with Octopussy. You were... I just liked it. Yeah. Uh, Whether you're, uh, you know... But I uh, wasn't passionate. I was not passionate. About it. And I so think it, and that cut came, mm. came across. But I bit. definitely didn't like Moonraker, and that was... And I, and I enjoyed two-thirds of that film mm-hmm. tremendously. And I kind of um, forgave a little bit. You know, I followed 
James Bond into space, quote unquote. I, you know, I followed the series where yeah. where it went. One of the few times. One of the few times you're forgiving that, that I'm very forgiving of of the franchise. Yeah. You know, so unlike uh, some of his other films, what would be since we pretty much didn't have any debate on favorite and and least favorite, your second Roger Moore film. Octopussy. Octopussy. This, yeah. and then we start to debate. For me, it would be the Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, would be, would be my second. And then your third. Uh, that's a toss up between the Man with the Golden Gun and For Your Eyes Only. See, then I would get Moonraker. Would be yeah my my third for him. Mm-hmm. And then your fourth would be whatever the opposite. So it, let's just say I, I would probably be For Your Eyes Only, then the Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, even I don't think my rank rankings match that, um, which is interesting. Uh, and then what what was your fourth one? Uh, octopusy. So okay, and then my f- mine would be uh, live and let die. That would be my fifth. Live and let die. So we're tied at live and let die. Okay. And then I go Moonraker, and then a view to a kill. And then I go for your eyes only, and mm-hmm. a view to kill. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of it's kind of in that middle area. Yeah. We have uh, some disagreement. But it is what it is. Yep. What? So one of the biggest pet peeves I had, and for those of you following the podcast. You can tell I just stopped participating in this part of our distinguished debauchery. I didn't even rate Roger Moore's fashion anymore. I just cold stopped participating and and this and Scott of uh, the two of us, you know, very meticulous in keeping the suits. I still hated it. You I still hated it in this era. you still ranked it. Yep. Taking a step back, you know, you're he was stuck in the seventies, mm-hmm. so. Let's not hold that against him. And I tried taking that perspective. I just couldn't get over, and I said this in one of our podcasts. He never really looked comfortable in the tuxedo, and you know, and one of the reasons I instantly, you know, it's just the little things with the Spy Who Loved Me. The only film he really looked comfortable mm. in a tuxedo is the Spy Who Loves Me. Eh, I would say Octopussy, when he wears the white dinner jacket with Kamal Khan in the gambling scene. He looked comfortable there to me. He looked comfortable in the clown costume <laughs> and in that red shirt. <laughs> He looked really comfortable in those two things, of which I can't take out of my memory. Uh, is uh, James Bond in that? I mean, we could that, probably. Just, I mean, we both did not like the the fashion, and it was just the era. The four pocket, uh, yeah, safari suits, yes. the khaki, yeah, double breasted yeah. uh, navy with gold buttons, you know? right? Yeah, but I don't, I don't fault him for that so much. So much, but it's still it was it was a bug. Which is amazing how much I like Daniel or t- uh, Timothy Dalton's um, attire immediately. So much better. Even the the eighties tuxedos were horrible. Doesn't bother me as much. I mean, because I, I I see I see certain we're getting off track here, notoriously. But you also grew up in the eighties. But I just see there's certain aspects of the eighties suits that are that are popular in today's suits as well. Yeah, I guess I can see a, a little bit of that. And so, not to beat up too much on Roger Moore, but we, I want to get the negative out of the way, mm-hmm. so I could for the first time in our our series kind of you know be a little positive yep. on on Sir. Uh, Roger Moore, the the unbond, mm-hmm. which if I had to put a phrase to what really bugged me about Roger Moore is how quickly the distinguished debauchery, which we kind of, we worked very hard if there's some categories that you can define James Bond by, and that's what our distinguished debauchery section mm-hmm. of our podcast is, and he was really weak on all yeah. those things. Even in interviews, he talked about how uncomfortable he was with the killing he doesn't really drink a lot. 
Um, and it was it was clear at the very beginning with Live and Let Die and The Man with the Golden Gun. He doesn't want to smoke the cigarettes like Sean Connery did. Yeah. But Roger Moore, he wants to bring who he is to the character. Mm-hmm. He starts smoking the cigars. And then that just completely stopped. completely stopped. He, and I was he like, didn't, I like this. You know, yeah. he, he had the bourbon. He wasn't yeah. doing the vodka martinis. Yeah. He was going like Bond from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, Bond in the book has more bourbons than he has. Yeah. Martinis edges it out just slightly. And then he stopped that as as well. And so it's like anything that he was trying to build there at the beginning kind of like stumbled and sputtered mm-hmm. and and he never really gets that James Bond spirit, which there's a few films. Um, it was Moonraker specifically I talked about. I said, imagine if Moonraker was a film that wasn't James Bond. You called the James Bond character something else. I bet we would judge it differently. You know, like yeah. if Dwayne Johnson was yeah, the yeah. main character, if he was just a CIA agent or something, yep. you know, we'd be like, oh, that's a pretty cool film like that. You know, it's uh, no shit he ends up in space. Duh. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you, mm-hmm. you know, be there like, oh, he's a great spy. Look at him find these clues to get where he needs to go. They get to space, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But because it's James Bond, we kind of, you know, have a certain expectation and I think are a little harder yeah. on, on Moonraker. Yeah. Although I guess you can't, you know, I am I am an apologist for. You are you defend Moonraker I, a lot, yeah, more so. Yeah. So I I'm a very tough I'm very tough on more, but I, just, I come to his aid in one of the, the shittiest one of the yeah shittiest one of the most of the mocked films of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't really have much to <laughs> add to that. I mean, it's just really. For me, I look at you know you talk about him being the unbond. My view of Moore is pretty much the popular. I'll say the populist view. He's he's the comedic Bond, or he tried to be the comedic Bond. Right. He definitely was not the dark Bond. Well, you know, so that leads <laughs> to some of the positives. So I'll start turning the tide and, mm-hmm. you know, some say some nice things about Bond. I thought he he added a wit. Yeah. He was very good at that. He's the king of the one-liners. No mm-hmm. one will ever do a one-liner. No, he like, has, Absolutely. He like Roger that. Moore. Yeah, that's his. He did it well. He, he brought that. He brought a level of class and sophistication that no one except maybe Pierce Brosnan rivaled him. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's British, mm-hmm. you know, to the end. He's going to have a cup of tea, much more than you would ever believe that Sean Connery's portrayal of Bond is actually going to stop at 3 o'clock, have some tea. <laughs> Moore will be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to do this right now. Yeah. And then I'll continue what I'm going to do. Um, I thought he's a classically handsome man. Mm-hmm. I believed his womanizing. Well. Yeah. He looked, uh, he looked great for 41, did not look great for 57. Look, looked like a baby at 41. Yeah, he looked, uh, he looked great in that first film. And then uh, he lived some hard lives uh, there. Maybe he was stressed out from all the filming. Just or maybe he just should never so. be 57. and uh, play, play James Bond. Play James Bond. Yeah. Maybe. Any, any overall, anything other, anything positive? I, I liked him for a lot of... I, I respect his... Where he is and what what his function was in the in the Bond franchise, mm-hmm. you know, he coming off of a failed attempt to shift from, away from Connery with Lazenby, right? You know, he's he had to be different, and he definitely was that. Mm-hmm. He went on too long. Um, yep. But I just I will always view him as the black sheep of the family, or like the kooky uncle is how I always look at him. Like mm-hmm. I give him a pass because I like him. He makes me laugh, but he doesn't fit in. Right. You know, so that's just how I view Roger Moore. Okay. And anytime The Spy Who Loved Me is on, I'm going to watch it. Absolutely. So he did a great job with that. Absolutely. So, I mean, do you hold him 
too much accountable when you rank him with the other Bonds for his poor batting average. And so I wanted to ask you, because I was thinking about this, when you rank Roger Moore, because we, we've pondered this, how are we going to rank the Bonds at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And so I have a few, I have four options. And then we'll, we'll see if you have another uh, a thought. Mm-hmm. You could rank the James Bond their best film versus their best film. You could rank them on their average, which is going to hurt more mm-hmm. because he was, he did more and therefore he did more necessarily worse ones. Um, although it might really hurt Pierce. Yeah. Um, they're opening four because we talked about that magic number with that fourth Bond film. Yeah. Um, especially in that Spectre review, go online, you could find that. Yeah. And, uh, I have a whole paragraph on that, the fourth Bond film or simply their portrayal of James Bond. I think for me, it's a mixture of an average mm-hmm. and just an overall portrayal. Portrayal? Um, because, you know, like you said, it could hurt. The average view hurts Pierce, and I, that's how I rate him, because Pierce falls a little bit. And we've talked about in the past, I really like Goldeneye, but I like how he portrayed Bond and Die Another Day. Right. And I wish I could just take those two things and squeeze them together and make Goldeneye with the Die Another Day Bond. Right, you know, but I can't do that. So, I I, I just kind of juggle it in my head, and ultimately, at the end of the day, there's enough things I like about Roger Moore which puts him ahead of Pierce Brosnan. What about you? I mean, are, are you somewhere? I'm I'm big on the best versus the best, mm-hmm. and the overall Bond portrayal. Okay, which is why Pierce. I think I'm kind of doing that as well. I think too, Pierce moves up a little. He surprises some yeah. people because when you look at Golden Eye. And his overall portrayal of James Bond, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily fault Pierce Brosnan for being in the 90s action era mm-hmm. where it was almost like the films had to get bigger and more CGI. Like it was the demand of the economy mm-hmm. at that time. And Pierce Brosnan wasn't writing the films. Yeah. But Pierce gets better and he has such a command of James Bond by the time he gets to die another day. That I I I want to reward him for that. Mm-hmm. He his command of James Bond in that fourth film is great, and it is frustrating that the film didn't match how confident of a James Bond mm-hmm. he was by the time he got to that fourth film in in the series. That's fair. And so when I look at that, when I look at those two things, the best versus the best. So I'm taking for Roger Moore, it's going to be uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, mm-hmm. and then his overall portrayal. That's why I find him, unfortunately, second to last. Yeah. Uh, in that. And we'll expand on this more in the running rankings because I yeah. have a lot of questions for you after this brief discussion. Right. But so just very quickly, where does where's Moore gonna rank? He's above Brosnan for me. He's above currently. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And the big thing for me, and, and we'll talk about on the running rankings, is the Dalton wildcard because he his his. Tenure is right. so different than everybody else's. Dalton's? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. For those, just a real quick tidbit before we uh, wrap it up here. For all the Roger Moore is better than Sean Connery fans out there. Woo! Hey, welcome to the tent. We're all James Bond fans. We, you you're stand, included. You stand over there, though. No, no. You, you, <laughs> That's you, my you, opinion. We can <laughs> bond. We can bond with you. We want We want that. You know, it. it you know, iron sharpens iron. So let, let's get more confident. But I want to just say this. I want to leave you with the parting film. These are Sean Connery's first four films. Dr. No. Gold. From Russia with Love. Platinum. Goldfinger. Something better than that. Thunderball. Platinum. These are Roger Moore's first four films. Live and Let Die. Turd. 
The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Excellent. Moonraker. Crap. So just look at those four mil films and then think to yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. That's a good point. That is a really good point. It's... Which is why when you and I definitely do some of that when when I rank the Bonds, that's why Connery always seems to rise to the top. But for those of you who say there's no way Daniel Craig deserves to be with Connery, I'm gonna say to that camp of the James Bond fans, I'm gonna say I've already said Connery's four, but I'll remind you. Dr. No, For Much With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say this. Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Quantum of Solace. That's where you're dead, right there. Skyfall. Excellent. Spectre. He's at least in the conversation. He's in the conversation. You Absolutely. can't shut the door. You can't you shut the door. shut the door. On Daniel Craig. But the quantum part is... But was his portrayal of Bond bad in quantum? No, it was great. Exactly. Exactly. There's more to that discussion we'll have to say yeah. another time. brings us to the time where we tell you to uh, why don't you go ahead and download all of our podcasts on iTunes. Shameless plug. Yep. Uh, be sure to tell everyone of the Bond fans that you know. All of them. All of them. Um, while you're there why don't you rate us? Yeah. Did we already say that? No, yeah. Okay, well that would be great. Why don't you rate us? Uh-huh. And uh, so we can actually have some stars show up next to our, yeah. our name, you know? Leave so, a review. Yeah, that'd be great. With Good, um, bad, preferably good. We only have one review. It's from uh, Coitus Interruptus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, a student of Latin, uh, obviously. <laughs> Interesting name there. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and follow us on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Bonding Over Bond. Yeah, like at Double O Pop. That's right. Yeah, great bonding experience. Yeah. We've enjoyed our conversations. Great, great conversation. Merry Christmas when yeah. you're listening to this. If you're listening on Christmas, I think he's a little behind. He's a few weeks behind, but he's yeah. catching up. Some great comments, some great commentary there. So we hope you have a... Great holiday, mm-hmm. and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great conversation. Yeah, and keep we it look coming. forward. Yeah, we look forward to it. And uh, just go on uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. which I think that's where we saw Double O Pop for the first time, was it? I think so. Yeah, uh, our Facebook page is uh, Bonding Over Bond uh, Podcast. And uh, if you want to go ahead and send us some emails, if you want to foster this community of bonding. Mm-hmm. Let's get that mailbag session uh, or segment going that yeah, we talked about. That'll be great. And, uh, so Rick is not the only one that's yeah. sending us letters? Yeah, we need to do something about that. Yeah. Uh, bondingoverbond at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future we'll have uh, insert name here at bondingoverbond.com. Yeah. We'll get some, some different email going. But, uh, of course, in the meantime, you can always head over to lionizepodcast.com slash bondingoverbond. Where mm-hmm. You can uh, click on the Bonding Over Bond tab uh, for more content, trivia, and I assure you one day we will have corrections and there is news as well. Uh... Scott. Yeah. Before we go. Yeah. What would you want for the podcast for Christmas? Well, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of James Bond Radio. Yeah. And uh, 
maybe before Bond 25 comes out. Maybe. We could have a joint podcast. That would be great. We'll get working on that. Yeah. We're just going to throw that out there. Yep. And uh, they could do whatever they want with that <laughs> that little request. They're, no. uh, they're well established and we're nobodies. That's right. We can be the Felix Leiter to the James Bond. Yes. You know? Yeah. We're the, the Americans. Americans. They're the Brits. That's right. I think this we have is... a very similar format. Yep. You know? Yep. I believe uh, some of them are Live and Let Die fans. We're both mm-hmm. no, not Live and Let Die fans. Maybe we can we have, have that discussion. discussion. We yeah. can bond. We can bond over that. We're right around the same age. Yeah, you know, I think that would be. Yeah, I think we have similar dynamics. I do between I the two of us. I agree. Yeah. Um, hopefully, though, we're not, um, you know, Roger Moore era, Timothy Dalton era, uh, Felix Leiters, but uh, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, like my legs. we're modern era <laughs> Felix Leiters. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Jeffrey Wright is a phenomenal actor. <laughs> I enjoy his portrayal. That would be a great Christmas present. Mm-hmm. But good work, guys. Seriously. Yeah, enjoyed your I, podcast. I, you know, I, I appreciate everything you did for the 30 Days of Spectre. It was yeah, great. Yeah, that was tremendous. Yep. I don't know how you guys did it, but uh, yeah. Scott would be divorced if we tried yeah, doing that this year. Yeah, my wife would not deal with that. Yeah. But anyways, on a, on a closing note, Art, if we remember one thing, what, what should it be? Let's remember Roger Moore at his best. Playing mm-hmm. second fiddle to Miss Barbara Bach, Q on location, and Jaws in... The Spy Who Loved Me. What a wonderful film. Indeed. Thank you for bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stir it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the and Jaws in the wonderful I'm pointing to you because <laughs> you were supposed to say the spy who loved me. me there you go let's do that one more time alright so for those of you that looked at your iTunes or your podcast however you're listening to Bonding Over Bond and you said to yourself there's like 20 more minutes left <laughs> Did they forget to stop this? No. Merry Christmas. There's a little Merry Christmas treat for those of you that stick around, that you're listening to our podcast. We're going to discuss what... Ever so briefly. Ever so briefly. Because there, there will be a review podcast that comes in its sequential order. Yep. But we've been bursting at the seams to talk about Spectre. Yep. And so, we're going to talk about Spectre. Woo! I'm so we've seen it. This. I, You've I seen it. We have feelings, you have feelings, mm-hmm. the critics have feelings, the critics can go fuck themselves. This is a film for Bond fans, by Bond fans, and everyone else can just uh, GFY. But you know, that was kind of interesting you say that, I mean, because I, it, several of my coworkers who I was, they went to go see it finally, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to talk to somebody that's not a Bond fan. Mm-hmm. They really enjoyed the film. 
So I'm like, who are the naysayers for this film? I don't know, people... Like, um, there were a group of six people, and five out of the six enjoyed the film. Right. So, maybe that's just a small... It's just obviously a small sample, but... I think there's a lot of people who needed Spectre to be a lot of different things. Yeah. And that, that's why it was easy for a lot of different people uh, to, to be upset. Mm-hmm. You had the people who, they hated Skyfall, and so they needed Spectre Crazy. to be more action-packed. They didn't want the emotion. They wanted an old-school Bond... Uh, then you had even that within that group of people. Hey, what is? Are you just remaking on Her Majesty's? What are you doing here? Yeah. You know, so I, they they had a lot of burden, a lot of weight under underneath there. And this is one of those few times where I think both of us we just kind of followed the series, mm-hmm. which usually were very uh, critical. And I I do have some critiques mm-hmm. of of Spectre, but I'm uh, I'm kind of understanding of what they're trying to do. And uh, do appreciate this uh, this journey they're kind of taking us on, mm-hmm. and um, so let's talk about that um, a little bit. Where do you rank it? I mean, and like, or just like a general, you know, like four stars, three stars, <laughs> a minus, wh- whatever, whatever grouping, yeah, yeah. you know. So the it, alphabet. It, I'm laughing because people don't know the backstory of the time we've put into writing a review, and yeah, and, and you're and the back and forth we've had on it. Yeah, absolutely. I rated an A minus. Yeah. On a 90 out of 100 scale. Right. You can go on Lionize Podcast and yeah. read the whole manifesto yep. You know we have, or you can just listen to what we're saying here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and you corrected me and, and made arguments on how asinine my rating is, but... A little bit. I've defended it because... I think you have. Yeah, it's 90 out of 100. It's the least, it's the, the lowest A I could possibly give it. Right. Where do you have it? At a, a B minus. Mm-hmm. Which uh, equates to how many stars? Um, of three. It's still a three out of four. Yeah. Um, or a four out of five. Okay. When you do it, it's just mine is on the low end to your high end. Yeah. And we, we talked about that. We're in that same sphere. Mm-hmm. It's just, I was a little more critical of it and you were more as, as I think the more forgiving of the two. Absolutely. You were, you, again, you were more forgiving of it where I was, I, I was know. attacking it from, yeah. you know, a film perspective yeah. or some of the decision making that went behind it. Yeah. And I was very hard on that final third. Yeah, um, a, a little bit, you yeah. know, so I, I knocked it um, for that. Yeah. And so I would say really quickly, what's the, what's your biggest, what was your biggest, you know, just grin on your face at, at the film? What was the, like the positive? Uh, and it's not, it's not one thing. It's, it's all the nods. I, I have mm-hmm. such a weakness for nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I even mentioned that in our Honor Majesty's Secret Service uh podcast where you know you hated the scene where we're seeing all the flashbacks right where he's in his office i love that yeah you know so to have all the different nods of specter you know it really that was the shining star for me Mm -hmm. it was it was truly was a love letter as you you know as you write to to bond fan i love the return to the old you know action sequence they're using that's a real plane yeah that they broke apart into pieces and they're sliding down a mountain somewhere Mm -hmm. And wherever they're, they were, you Foster. know, they were filming. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's a real helicopter they have spinning around, you know, doing tricks. The callbacks to remember we would watch the films and you're like, you know, is Broccoli obsessed with helicopters? Yeah. There's a helicopter in every Sean Connery film. They gotta, can't, gotta keep the know, trend going. Get away with it. So, so to go back to that, I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. It was, you know, that tension of these ac- action sequence, which you mentioned there was a little fat maybe could be cut from that. Yes. And I was very quick to respond, no. <laughs> I mean, that's that's old school Bond. Like, I can watch him chase things, yeah. you know, all day long. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there wasn't a better, you know, DB10. Yeah. You know, there was a brief one, but it was played more for comedy. I mm-hmm. uh, would have loved to see the DB10 just... Which kind of was a nod in itself. And, and yeah. all her majesty. Yeah. Um, Played out there because I love I love me a good Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, chasing. Yeah. And so, what what was your your one? You walked away and you were like, oh, but I wish. I think it was, it's the common it's the common argument. Uh, I guess I have a, a couple. It's just the the the, the this isn't a, the right word. The rushness, the rush of the third act. I mean, mm-hmm. so this is a common argument everybody had. It's like we just started getting some some action between Blofeld and Bond. And then it was over. And I just remember the feeling in the theater. I was like, please don't let him get caught. Please don't let him get killed. Like, we just started this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't... I, in hindsight, I was like, I can't believe I'm actually sitting here rooting for Blofeld to not get caught. Right. You know? And then just the lack of... Am I, are Madeline and Bond in love? I think. So. We think. I mean... We think. Did you I, like her as a Bond girl? I liked her in that dress, walking down the train. I can tell you of that. Of course, you would say that. Yeah, that's but, I mean, uh, no, I set liked you up her. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I liked her. I thought mm-hmm. she was, she was, um, like if I look compared to other Bond women in the in the franchise, I, she's not forgetful, uh, right? But do I put the real question is do I put her in the same place as Contessa Teresa? You know, is she in that at that level? I, I believe their love and on her majesties was more powerful than Madeline and and Bond's and Craig's version. I believed her more than I believed Tracy. Really? I, I did. And when she walked away, I was like, yes, I get that. I honestly believe she's walking away. That's true. She's not going to put up with this shit. No, she did it with point. her dad. Yeah. You know, this is real emotion and Bond chose to go back. That's you know, true. and I and I felt that was real, and I hope they explore it yeah. um, more. For me, my big, you know, I wish uh, moment was that they had expanded. You know, there was the rumor of the two parter, mm-hmm. and that didn't work, so they kind of like scrambled, and they made the one movie. Um, I, I wish they had stuck with that two parter mm-hmm. idea, and I understand there's the threat you're going to lose Daniel Craig, so you couldn't have a two parter hanging out there. And Craig doesn't come back, and you're left, you know, pretty much with your pants down. End of the franchise, right? Kind of, kind of deal. What are you going to do with the second parter? Yeah. But it was like you said, we're building up to this great sequence. We got the train fight. You know, they're ch- they're trying to find um, their MacGuffin. You know, which is the traditional you know movie term. You're tracing something uh, mm-hmm. throughout the film, and then they find it. And it's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like, I don't know what to do with it now. You know, kind of deal. It's like, oh, I'm Lofeld. And it's, it was there and it ended. And it was, you know, the big critique against uh, You Only Live Twice is we finally meet the great villain and uh, he's done. That's, so, that's it. Yeah, I never thought what, about what that do you, What's going on here? Yeah. And whereas one of the more rewarding Blofelds is on Her Majesty because you get so much time with him. Yeah. And he's such a conniving ass. Yeah. And then um, on Diamonds mm-hmm. where he's throughout the whole film. He's clearly, you know, <laughs> the, the villain. Times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of deal. And it was such a great portrayal of Blofeld. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, I wish there was more, you know, just che- uh, scene chewery where, you know, we could have seen these great actors, uh, you, know, you know, going at it. So, you know, that's, that's where I was. And, you know, I was, I was pretty critical. Um, you but know, I think they're all valid points. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and then the nods, I think it's, it's fair that we mentioned some of the, the nods because of course this was a love letter mm-hmm. to James Bond fans and maybe some of the Bond fans missed it, but um, you and I saw this and if you go on our Facebook or your Twitter, you can see we, you know, we dressed up, we got to mm-hmm. have the whole tuxedo experience. Awesome. Awesome Went experience. to dinner, no reservations, yeah. no oh, tables. Was, yeah. They cleared one. They I cleared love, one right out for us. Story. You know, because we're in a talk. So that was a you know a really cool a you know experience. A, experience. And then we're watching the film together, and it's just like you know two middle school boys mm-hmm. where a scene would come up, and we're like elbowing each other, like <laughs> you know kind of deal. So it's, it was exciting to see with another Bond fan, yeah, and and kind of share those nods. And so just a brief list, and this is not encompassing, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And this is where the bonding comes in. You know, tweet us. What were some things that you noticed? What were some other nods that we're kind of uh, missing here on a first glance? Mm-hmm. But obviously the traditional opening is back. And we talk about this in our podcast. The gun barrel, cold open. Yeah, in um, the order it should be. And, yeah, in yeah. the order it should be. We get to see him in the classic opening gun barrel at the beginning. Yep. Uh, the um, the couch scene, which you mentioned to me. Yep. Uh, throwback, what film? Uh, uh, you Only Live Twice with uh, him fall- with uh, Sean Connery falling into Tanaka's. Right. Office. Uh, the health center in the snow, where Absolutely. we both turn to each other in the film, and we're like, what, like "Is what? this is what? this fucking Her Majesty right now? What is, what is this? Yeah. This is clear. This is plagiarism going yeah. on." Uh, the white talks yep. clearly. Uh, the poster they have the tuxedo, which mm-hmm. is a nod to the the Roger Moore era. Uh, Q's lab, which we finally get to see, you know, Q and kind of his element. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. uh, which is the same one as. Um, Goldfinger, yeah. same one he has. The train fight from famously from Russia with Love. Uh, the lair in the crater mm-hmm. from You Only Live Twice. Blofeld's cat and the scar. Yep. You know, come back, kind of see the genesis of how the scar got there. Uh, M's relationship with Bond, yep. which we talk about in our written review a little more. That return to the Sean Connery, Bernard Lee, uh, Bernard Lee uh, throwback relationship. Yep. Uh, the father shooting himself. Uh, yeah. Which you had brought up in our Octopussy, which I completely yeah. missed, even though that's one of my favorite parts of Octopussy. Yeah. Uh, that that's similar. He allows Mr. White to kill himself. Yeah, instead of bringing him in. Yeah. And then um, the foursome, the classic foursome of James mm-hmm. Bond, Q, M, and Monty Penny. Yeah. And uh, we actually, you know, literally get to see them out, uh, you know, through London trying to. Yeah, and I know that there's something. there's so many more, that, and there are people, you know, I'm just looking online and hearing there's some stretches. Others. There's a lot of stretches, yeah. but you know, the uh, the Day of the Dead opening scene with the uh, Live and Let Die connection with the Baron, right? Yeah, that's another one. Uh, yeah, duh, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot, you know, and some we talked about before this podcast. They were like, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, that's you know? <laughs> uh, that's a bit much. You're yeah. uh, you're reaching, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. sure, okay. Yeah. And so the final thing, you know, that we're going to talk about that's everyone's, which is going to be what every Bond podcast review commentator is going to do from here about until the next the, two years. The next know? one is released. Yeah. Uh, it's just hyper speculation. Yeah. Bond 25. Yeah. Where could it go? What could it be? And so really quickly, I have a few theories yeah. and then you have a really good one, I which one. I didn't on my own, didn't even come up with. Uh, so here's mine, mm-hmm. and then I think yours kind of takes the cake. Where could Bond 25 go? Mm-hmm. So it could either be a straight On Her Majesty's Secret Service uh, remake. Mm-hmm. It could be a two-parter where it's like the lead-up to where he's with um, Madeline and then gets you know sucked back in every time I try to get out. Classic Godfather 3, they pull me right back in. And then she dies at the end. Mm-hmm. And then the second parter would be the beginning of Diamonds, where Sean Connery goes ham trying to find 
uh, Blofeld, that second film would be the revenge plot mm-hmm. of it. Uh, it could be a normal mission, and you just ignore that would Madeline. Be completely bonkers. Like the traditional happened. Bond, like what yeah. girl? Remember that? We're gonna see. Yeah, we're gonna see like Bond in the opening sequence, just you know, like a Goldfinger taking out some lab, and like Sylvia oh, yeah. Trent. Who's that? Yeah. What? Uh, it could be a normal mission versus Blofeld, so kind of like a throwback to the Sean Connery days. Mm-hmm. It could be a new Bond with the same continuity. So Daniel Craig doesn't come back, but they continue with the same, you know, we're in the same world. Yeah. Or... I would hate to see that happen. It could be the Dark Knight self-contained model, where this was the end of the arc. It was Mm -hmm. a natural ending to the series. James Bond has walked away. This is an ending. And then the new film is another 007, and James Bond is just a code name. So they kind of, you know, for people who are saying it's time for, you know, an African-American Bond, it's time for a lady Bond, a gay Bond, a purple blonde, a Chinese Bond, whatever, you know, an Indian Bond, a colonial Bond, an Australian Bond, a penguin Bond. This would be the time for that, you know, new type of James Bond yeah. Um, so I think that's where it could go, and then yours, your theory, which, well, if the producers just, are listening, yeah, I, I just, think yours. I, I want to rule out all the ones that changed Daniel Craig because I, I really think it'd be bad. It's a bad time after seeing Spectre to transition. You could, and that was one of the things we talked about in our reviews. They de- the producers and writers definitely set it up that you could. They gave themselves flexibility. Yes, if he doesn't yeah. come back, they could move on. They are not going to get left with their pants down. Right. You know, they're good. They're fine. Um, I just the, the one thing that really stood out to me, and I thought there was a lot of foreshadowing, was the conversation with Bond, Madeline Swan, and uh, Blofeld, mm-hmm. where Blofeld tells Madeline, "I met you once when you were younger. I came to visit your dad." Right, and she says, "I don't remember that," and he says, "But I do." Right, and I was just like this when I watched it the second time. The first time, it didn't even dawn on me at all, and I think maybe I maybe it forced, but I, I'm forcing it a little bit, but. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I was like, "That is that is foreshadowing to me." Mm-hmm. So where I felt it, where I feel it's going, is I I think there's going to be this blend of Honor, Majesty, Secret Service, Diamonds Are Forever type of thing, where I think Madeline Swan is going to be an angel of death, uh, and something in that previous they met previously, uh, he brainwashed her. Whatever the whatever the tone is going to be, uh-huh. it's going to be down the line where Bond is going to be forced to kill Madeline. He's going to have to choose. Yes. So he's going to be the one that has to kill Madeline. Maybe after they get married. I don't know. I am the cause of all, all your, your pain. pain. Yeah. Nice, nice little accent there. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, he's going to have to do that in a movie. And then he's going to have to go and eliminate Blofeld. Which I thought... I mean, that's the plot that really moves the character forward. Yeah. To kind of have to make that kind of decision. And it puts that Blofeld that sinister. Mm-hmm. And that long term yeah you know that she's you can she's do two gonna, movies on this. she's gonna have the the characteristics she's really the only woman that could love the robot the mm-hmm. cold-hearted killer that james bond is yeah. of everything he's been through yeah. and then he orchestrated all that pain mm-hmm. he's a broken shell of a man who needs that kind of woman yep. they meet yep. look at this and she's a little girl i've been brainwashing her yeah you know, kind of deal. I mean, that's some top level, you know, sinister darkness. Yeah. You know, right there, which I think would be great. 
and and you should get some royalties. Guess what? You know, we got we've got about a year and a half, two years. We can speculate on, right? It, twist it. You know, talk, talk about. And it will add. We'll add this. My idea that <clears throat> I think is genius, and your idea, which I think is genius, for a cold open. I thought a great, oh, absolutely, a great cold open. So yep. we'll take your plot. Yep. But for a cold open, what mm-hmm. you do is you have James Bond, Daniel Craig's version of James Bond, at the tail end of one of the classic Connery missions. Absolutely. So like the movie opens up, they're underwater, and it's them and. Uh, Largo and the yeah. fucking Thunderball, yeah, yeah. you know, scene, and then the mission's wrapping up, and yeah. it's like, holy what? shit, he just had the Thunderball mission, <laughs> or like, you know, the Goldfinger, yeah. where they're wrapping up in Fort Knox kind of deal, with Felix Leiter making an appearance at the beginning, and it's like, holy shit, that's our Goldfinger. See, that would be the that would be the one to do it, honestly, because that way you save Largo. You could bring Largo back, who is officially Spectre. Right. If you want to keep going on the Spectre road, you could have an Art Goldfinger in Fort Knox, and kill him. But we talked about... Goldfinger's potentially potential, potential yeah. connection. He's, he's yeah. the uh, he's yeah. oh, I love the that. treasure. I yeah. love that good idea. That's a great idea. I think that would be an exciting cold yeah. open. It would get fans excited. Yeah, yeah. It'll be such a great nod. We need to, to get kinda, a, you know tie everything in. We need to get you know people like JBR get their get their opinion. Yeah, see if they they buy into that. Kind of push into that. Yeah, you know no, maybe um, Mrs. Broccoli could be listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. never know. We'll take. A, we won't even charge any royalties. Just uh, pay for our fare to London yeah. to the premiere. premiere. That would be go. great. We'll we'll yeah, be yeah. fine. Yeah. Maybe a tux fitting. That'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. we'll be good. You know, just go get the. Let me drive an Aston Martin. We'll be good. We'll be good. We'll be fine. <laughs> list keeps going yes. and going. You gotta keep pushing until they say no, right? Who's saying now? You're being ridiculous. <laughs> we thought of that our own. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. So that was our Christmas surprise. Thanks yeah. for listening. And remember, you know where to find all the podcasts and information. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for, for supporting us. Uh, and, uh, you know, your Christmas present to us is just the feedback we've been getting. Yeah. Uh, it's excited to being in this bonding community. So Amazing. enjoy some time with your family. And uh, maybe if you're bored and everyone's drunk, just play our podcast. There you go. Uh, out there. Get some more listeners. So uh, be safe during the holidays. But uh, until next time. You know, make it a Christmas drink, but shake it. Don't stop. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The choir of children sing.